to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go. The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and we are not, it is coming to Linux in the form of a egalitarian Linux out platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total autocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers in perspective sales, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know. Uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam, my name is Scooky Sprite, I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news, we have the latest titles that we are interested in, of course, features, you know, like, kind of in-depth looks or reviews, and then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals, uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for... Members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Welcome to episode number 65 of the Best Linux Game Podcast, being recorded for you live at 2016.01.22, Friday at 4, uh, 47 in the morning, uh, out here, Pacific, gross domestic adjusted non-product standard time. Um, I am your host, Scooby Sprite, and uh, we got a lot to get to this week. We have a bunch of top stories, uh, some news. Um, unbelievable new and noteworthy and, uh, an incredible feature for you, um, that we'll talk, we'll talk more about. Uh, this episode is a themed episode. So let's get straight to our top stories. First of all, on a personal note, um, I've been, uh, I, I, I underestimated what my schedule would be like for this week, um, and have been getting slammed by covering, uh, the AVN awards and expo out here, the porno convention, uh, here in Vegas, um, which has been pretty much crushing me like a, uh, giant dildo crushing the sun, um, uh, keeping me very, very busy. Uh, I don't know if, uh, 
if I've mentioned this, but, uh, I do occasionally contribute copy to, uh, 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 Slant News, which is kind of like a, uh, uh, crowdsourced, um, demi journalism thing. Uh, you know, I do have a background as an actual legit reporter, but, um, to keep my hand in it, I like to, uh, occasionally kick out some copy because they let me write whatever the fuck I want. And so I've been covering AVN, um, a lot. <laughs> it's, it's, it is completely insane. It's like seven days of just total madness. Uh, today is the last day, ironically, of the, uh, that I'll be covering the actual exposition. Tomorrow is the actual awards. And then finally we can pack it all in and, and return to normal. So, um, I did not have time this week. Uh, that's the bottom line. I did not have time this week to, um, get to, uh, all of, um, our roguelikes. <laughs> this song has been, as I, as I've been wandering around the hard rock here in Vegas, this song has been on constant replay in the back of my head. Surrounded by all of these fucking porn stars running around half naked. Shake it like you just don't care. Anyway, um, as I, you know, interview these crazy people with these fucking absurd dildos and, and fuck dolls and all sorts of fucking madness. Uh, basically in the search for a vibrator that runs Linux, which I am covering today. That's on the, that's on my, uh, agenda for this afternoon. Um, but anyway. So AVN's killing me. Did not get to um, fully prepare for the rogue-like ultimate championship uh, that I promised last week uh, for this episode. Um, finally, in our top stories <laughs> and of actual relevance to uh, uh, those of you who actually are here to hear about the best geek, best Linux games. Um, from what I can tell. Uh, on the Steam store, cause even though I've been very busy, I have kept up every day with, uh, with, uh, the new offerings and stuff. It seems like the seasonal holiday slowdown, uh, that we normally get from like November, you know, through the middle of January has actually finally kind of ended. Like there's been, we've seen uh, a bunch of new games this week, uh, and, seems like uh, we're back to a more of a normal release schedule. So that is very exciting, especially for me, because it makes my job easier and gives us, you know, juicy stuff to talk about. But we're not going to focus on any of that, really, this episode. This episode, well, for, we'll get to our new and noteworthy in a minute, but this episode, we are going to feature uh, game development tools, game development and design tools that are available for Linux. Um, mostly, uh, through Steam, but with a, so, I mean, a really surprising, uh, entry that is free and open source, um, amongst other software that is also free and open source and is not part of Steam, but there, uh, we have, uh, three, um, game design, game design and development, uh, tools slash engines that, uh, I, that we should definitely talk about might help make your quest to make your own games, uh, a little easier, a little, um, more achievable and, uh, you know, blah. So that, that's our feature for this week. But first we have our new and noteworthy. So first of all, in our new and noteworthy, oh my goodness, this is a huge, huge story for me. Um, 
A Boy and His Blob, which, if you are as old as I am, which is as old as Helen Twice the Dusty, let's have some whiskey! If you're as old as me, then you remember A Boy and His Blob as being one of the most difficult, innovative, bizarre, and uh, charming and innovative at the time uh, games of the uh, basically of the Nintendo Entertainment System 8-bit era uh, it was followed up with a, I think a sequel or just a du- direct port to uh, the Game Boy which was a fabulous game very difficult I, I don't remember beating a boy in his blob on the NES but I do remember beating it on the Game Boy well uh, boy in his blob came out for Linux and amongst other platforms on uh, January 19, 2016, a classic, uh, uh, a modernization and re-envisioning of the classic title, one of my favorite games of all time. Um, ba-bam, motherfuckers. A Boy and His Blob is now purchasable for Linux uh, for uh, 15% off now through January 26 at $8.49. Um, for those of you who are uninitiated, uh, let's have some whiskey. Cheers. Hi, Ivor. I'm saying hi to crack engineer Ivor Molina. Who has you missed me all week, didn't you? Yeah. He's waving at me from the booth. Mm. Cheers. Boy and his blob. Awesome. Awesome. I've only gotten like a second to play it, but uh hang on, let's have this whiskey and then I'll explain a little bit more about the game. Mmm. Mmm. Whiskey good. For the uninitiated, A Boy and His Blob is a side-scrolling two-dimensional um, puzzle platformer, but it's not really a... Pu- it's it's my definition of what makes... of, of, of what, what separates a puzzle game from a puzzle platformer from a, from a platformer. Um, you don't need to put the word puzzle in the description of A Boy and His Blob because the underlying gameplay is such that it doesn't present you with things that are quote-unquote puzzles. You just have to get through the fucking levels and, you know, complete the adventure, defeat the final weapon, Metal Gear. Um, how you do this... <coughs> well, first of all, you play the role of a little boy who has a pet blob. The blob uh, came from outer space, and it is, as you would think, a blob. In the original, I remember it being green. In this one, he's just a white, cute smiley-faced blob. Now, what makes the blob important? Well, the boy himself can't do anything. I mean, he can walk, and I don't even think he can jump. Um, but what he can do is he can walk, and he can feed the blob jelly beans, like jelly bellies, actually, that the boy finds, you know, throughout the the levels. And the jelly beans, depending on the flavor of the jelly bean, change the blob into something that is actually not just a blob, but actually has a, f- you know, form and shape. Like, I think, um, uh, one of, one of, um, one of my favorites, uh, from the original game was turning the blob into a trampoline, which you could make the blob jump off of a ledge, throw him the jelly bean, he would turn into a trampoline midair, fall all the way down to, you know, the bottom of this bottomless pit, and then you, as the boy, could fall down this bottomless pit, land on the trampoline, and get across, you know, th- you know, shoot back up, you know, two screens, um, 
up the bottomless pit and then get across the chasm, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the blob can turn into all sorts of different things in the original. In this one, um, it looks like they've retained the same gameplay mechanics. This one's in full color and it has very pretty art style. I only got, uh, uh, just a few minutes to play it last night before I passed out, but uh, it's very, it looks like it's very faithful to the original, so, and I'm very pumped. So, A Boy and His Blob has come to Linux uh, and other, you know, points uh, points modern mm. in this our wonderful technological age. Um, up next we have a game that I don't want people to miss. I don't have, I haven't bought this game yet. Whoa! This is brand new. It came out uh, yesterday. It's called Quan. K-W-A-A-N. Oh, that's loud. Uh, Quan builds itself as part RPG, part online ecosystem, and part pixel editor. The prophecies were right, says the copy. The end is near. Quan has come and asks for sacrifices. Create rituals, craft trees and flowers, fight pollution, and organize with your friends to save the world from impending catastrophe. And Quan looks like a really detailed, um, pixel junk style, uh, 8-bit style, um, tribal kind of, um, side-scrolling, uh, editor, not editor, a game with this persistent pixel editing, um, thing that gives you basically a uh, 128 by 128 uh, grid that allows you to create it looks like entities in the world of Quan. Um, it is a really really interesting tribal pixel junk kind of art style um, and I'm just I can't wait to play this game I'm gonna get it later today uh I just found it this morning while preparing for this show. Um, and it has, it's explore an online dimension. So I guess, I guess there actually is like an online ecosystem for it. Uh, so yeah, it shows you playing with other people and dance together. <laughs> um, I'm very, very interested in this and I, I, I didn't notice it getting popped on the uh, Steam store. So, uh, I thought I would mention it. Uh, this, oh yeah, it was an IndieCade finalist for 2015. Uh, this is Quan KW. Oh no, they tricked me. It's oh motherfuckers. No wonder I didn't see it last night. Uh, okay, yeah, fuck Quan. Quan isn't available for Linux, so don't even look at it. Forget everything I just said because it's Windows and Mac only. Motherfuckers. Okay, so. We're gonna pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> and I hate it when that happens. It's been, hey, in all fairness, it's only been like what? Six months since, uh, I fucked up and actually began featuring a game that doesn't run on Linux. Okay, so up next in our new and noteworthy, we have a game called Attractio. And this game I am probably not going to get. But it builds itself as a cross between uh, Running Man, like the movie, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, game show of the future, you know, where you fight and kill and die each other, um, game show of the future and dystopian future, Running Man crossed with Portal. So it's kind of like a puzzle based, um, it, it, the art in this looks really, really pretty. Um, I don't know what engine they use to make this game, but, uh, here's what they have to say. Be first to change gravity and solve hard, deadly puzzles in Attractio. Control the three contestants, Dalek, Mia, and Kurt Kier, who compete 
to win the controversial reality show. You will need dexterity and cleverness to pass throughout the challenging levels. Are you up to the challenge? And I watched some of the video of the, um, of the, uh, gameplay of this, and it looks pretty fucking nuts. Like, uh, you know, we're talking gravity bending, uh, puzzles that, and this is all first person. Um, and it looks really polished. Uh, and very, very pretty, um, you know, in a dystopian, uh, game show of the future kind of portal gun kind of way. So that is Attractio, A-T-T-R-A-C-T-I-O, which, uh, it's 20 bucks right now. It came out, uh, January, uh, 18th, 2016. So, uh, brand new. Check it out. It looks like it has a number of interesting play mechanics that, uh, might help alleviate the fact that, I mean, like, port, one of the reasons why I hated Portal 2 is it was, I thought, a regression over Portal 1, um, in the sense that Portal 1 was acceptable only for its innovation as, um, a really formulaic and, uh, completely only one way to solve it, um, puzzler with a, with, the interesting added benefit of having such a great, um, a great realization of what could be done with the medium of the video game in terms of telling a story. Portal 2 did not improve upon this at all. In fact, I thought it just made it more linear and more, um, I hate it when I can feel a game sitting on my chest as it, you know, slowly punches me in the face telling me, no, you're doing it wrong. No, you're doing it wrong. No, you can't do that, because I would be doing it wrong. Um, and that's why I hate puzzle games. Attractio, to complete the segue here, Attractio looks like it uh, obviates some of that frustration, possible frustration, which why I hate puzzle games, with um, unique uh, play mechanics and uh, physics kind of stuff like there's I uh I can't show this to you because it's a visual thing but there was a, a moment in one of the play videos where like you're using like a grapple gun or whatever and you twist it upside down kind of in semi zero g and landed on the ceiling or landed on the so- landed on one of the walls it looked like um instead of like you know gravity being the surface that you were actually on originally. And anyway, it's got like lava and the ceilings, all sorts of obstacles and shit like that. Um, and three different, uh, three different contestants each with their own abilities. So I thought I would mention Attractio. I do want, I think I might actually get this, but I haven't gotten it yet. Um, brand new. You might want to check it out. Okay. So to, uh, uh, recap our new and noteworthy, uh, we had a boy and his blob and, uh, Attractio. A-T-T-R- A-T-T-R-A-C-T-I-O. They have, like, one of the worst logos ever, um, which makes it look like, which makes the name of the game look like it's spelled A-T-T, A-T-T-T-A-C apostrophe T-I-0. Um, but it's actually spelled Attractio, A-T-T-R-A-C-T-I-O. Um, alright, that brings us to our feature for this week, and this is I'm very excited to bring this feature to you. Um, game development tools for Linux that you might want to check out. Um, we're not going to talk about one of my favorites, which is, of course, um, 
Oh god, I can't believe I just I I I'm getting fucking old. Man, I, <laughs> I can't believe Anyway, we're not going to talk about making your own text-based adventure games. Um we're still saving that feature for another day. Uh we're going to talk about making either a side-scrolling platformer of your very own or a full-on 3D first-person shooter or any combination of any game type, you know, that is possible in between those two highly vaunted mediums uh, because I've, I've found some excellent tools and uh, tools for doing this, uh, some of which are available on Steam, one of which is actually available on Steam now at a great, great discount. It'll... uh but we'll get to that when 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 we get to that. For the most part, um, the the central challenge of getting into game development, unless you want to actually, um, I mean, if you're like me and you and you have a, a wide background in programming, multiple languages, and are familiar with you know deploying, um essentially like tool stacks and stuff because that's really what game development at you know like the professional level is game design you know uh and development uh you have to pick you have to know what the fuck you're doing in order to make the the decision intelligent enough decisions before starting even your game to pick your tool chain and the actual um you know the the actual uh languages and technologies that you're going to use to build it. Luckily, over the last five years, this process has been, uh, has been, uh, simplified, or at least it's been, at least for hobbyists, the, the holy grail, and for, for, you know, uh, people who want to make tools available for, you know, would-be game designers and developers, the holy grail has been to come up with an IDE, an integrated development environment, uh, slash engine that combines the two most disparate and difficult parts of game design. Because on the one hand, you have the programming component in which you define like the behaviors and um, uh, attributes of the objects in your world. And then you have like the level design and character modeling aspect of it in which, you know, you actually define the graphics that are going to be in your game. Um, and then there's also an animation component in between those two. Um, so like, you know, on the one side you have like, you know, some sort of scripting language or just, you know, straight up, you know, <laughs> C, um, or whatever, uh, that, that controls the behavior of the objects in your game world and also controls like, you know, the actual rules of the game and blah, blah, blah. And then you, ha- and also controls like the attributes of like your character models, for instance. Like, you know, you, you model, um, this guy in 3D, uh, well, what's gravity like in your game? You know, all of that stuff is controlled basically by your scripting engine, um, or by, by whatever, you know, uh, scripting language you're using, you know, blah. And all of these things have been really difficult to put together mentally for, you know, your average non-programmer and your, fuck, even your above average programmer. Game design is not an easy thing. At least it hasn't been traditionally. Well, I've been getting into actually, you know, fucking around on a fairly serious level um, with some of the tools that are now available for hobbyists and also for, you know, serious, uh, serious developers. But like, I, ideally, I want 
and I want an integrated development environment that is not only easy to use, but presents, um, presents me with a tool set where I don't have to also start from ground zero in terms of, you know, uh, mapping textures to, you know, creating my own texture maps, um, on top of having to render, you know, create my own 3D models from scratch, you know, blah, 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 blah. That's a fucking high barrier to entry. So that leads us to our first, um, our first piece of technology, which right now through January, uh, 25th is the, the basic engine for it, which is the actual integrated development environment, um, is 20 bucks. I'm talking about Leadworks, L-E-A-D-W-E-R-K-S, um, which, the $20 price tag does come with some restrictions in terms of the ways you can, you know, there, there is an end user license agreement that is somewhat restrictive, but you can also purchase for another 20 bucks, at least right now. This game, I mean, this, this, this engine is normally a hundred bucks. This is a great opportunity to jump into it at 20 bucks. Um, or 40 if you want to go for the professional edition, which actually allows you to really publish, um, and distribute your game. In a lot of ways that, you know, blah. So here are the cool things about Leadworks. One, uh, f- first of all, uh, Leadworks features a integrated level editor that runs in 3D pres- and it's the default view breaks up, um, the 3D, uh, objects that you're editing. You know, so like, let's just say you're editing a level. You're creating like, you know, uh, an arena style, first person, you know, uh, Unreal Tournament style, um, uh, map. The way Leadworks breaks this up for you is you have four panes in the center, um, with, uh, the top left being a representation of the actual 3D, uh, the actual 3D, uh, objects that you, you've created in, in this, in, in the map. And then the other three panes are representations. Basically, if you, if you ever worked with, um, the Doom editor, Doomed, or Doom Ed, as I used to say, let's have some more whiskey. Um, the other three panes are really just the coordinate representations of the objects from the first pane. Um, along the X, Y, and Z axis. So, like, you know, uh, and the other three paints are all 2D. Um, which makes it surprisingly, it's a surprisingly elegant solution, especially for, uh, those of us who are not really good at using one of our other tools that we're going to talk about, Blender, which is a free and open source and one of the most powerful pieces of free and open source software. Fuck it, it's not even just p- most powerful free and open source. It's one of the most powerful 3D editors um, and modeling programs, period, and animation suites. Um, unless you're... But Blender does have a high higher-than-average learning curve. Um, and so if you've never done 3D modeling before, it can be really daunting to put together in your head how... X, Y, and Z coordinates come together, um, into like an actual fucking real design and how you actually can model objects in that kind of structure. Leadworks does a really good job of making that very simple. On top of it, I mean, really, really good job of making it simple. Like, I mean, you can get started in it in like 15 minutes. Um, you'll be on your way to literally making 
a map, you know. Um, and then it also has, uh, you know, packs and suites and stuff of, um, pre-made textures, objects, etc. Um, but w- where Leadworks also really shines, t- oh yeah, by the way, Leadworks uses Lua, um, for its scripting backend. Um, every one of these tools basically, well, we're gonna run a little long this week. Ivor's giving me the, the time sign. We're gonna, we're gonna go about 45 minutes this week. Um, so, cause I, I really want to talk about these. Um, each one of these, uh, integrated development environments and engines uh, has their own unique idiosyncratic, um, attempt at dumbing down the, uh, you know, um, uh, act- the actual programming side of things, um, and has chosen their own tools. Leadworks uses Lua. But the other thing that makes Leadworks really shine is that one, it's, I mean, you can jump right in. It's that simple. Um, if you, even if you have, even if you have no experience, uh, Two, it has a great community built around it, but even more important than the community, it has excellent documentation and tutorials that are basically integrated right into the IDE. So they're up front and center if you get confused or if you have no idea where to start. Um, the first screen after you create a new project has, you know, like tutorials, um, and two other helpful, and these are giant, you know, things, and you can come back to them and blah, and there's, tons of really uh um easy to follow along with um video demonstrations and etc that for my money at 20 bucks to get the leadworks game engine which is not the professional edition just the leadworks game engine uh but that gives you like all the tools to you know get get up and running and you can uh, publish to uh the steam workshop directly from the Leadworks game engine, which is really cool because that at least gets your game out there and makes it playable across platforms. That's the other cool thing about Leadworks. Um, if you want to go pro, I mean, then you can package it for, you can package your actual finished game, um, for, you know, any, basically any system, Windows, Mac, PC, um, iPad, iOS, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that's been another part of the holy grail that, uh, uh, people who make these types of uh game assisted game development software has been like the other holy grail which uh okay so yeah that's led the leadworks game engine great place to start uh, especially if you want to make a 3D first person you know anything that's like you know really rendered in 3D um that is where and if you have no experience that's where i would start now we have uh two tools that if maybe you have a little bit more experience uh, with working in 3D rendering, let's say, you know, maybe you're actually an artist and you have experience with Blender or whatever. Um, there's Blender. Blender, you don't need to get it through Steam. Uh, you can download it. Uh, actually, you can probably app get it, uh, from, you know, if you're on Ubuntu or any Debian based, uh, you know, sudo app get install Blender. Blender 3D is a super powerful modeling tool. It is industrial grade. Um, so it's not easy. I would definitely, uh, get, um, get a, uh, I, I can't remember the name. I have a, uh, packed publishing book that I got forever ago that just gives you, like, in 500 pages, um, an overview of how to control Blender. Cause that's another thing that, like, is a barrier to entry is just learning how to fucking navigate the interface and, and move the camera and shit. Um, is tricky and there's a lot of shit to remember uh 
And it's, it's very complicated. It can be very daunting if you have no experience, uh, with 3D modeling before. But then, so Blender is free and open source. If you don't want to quite go, you know, if you don't want to quite spend, you know, the month and a half or whatever it'll take to get really, you know, just a basic competency in, uh, rendering things, rendering your 3D models in Blender. Um, then I found another engine for making your, especially, it looks like it's especially good for making character models. Um, it's called Silo 2. It is 80 bucks. It hasn't been updated in forever, but it has been confirmed that I don't have it and I haven't used it, but I've looked at a lot of videos of it. Um, it looks like a simpler, uh, 3D mod, uh, more intuitive, kind of like the Google SketchUp, um, equivalent of Blender for creating uh, character models. Um, and it looks like it's very robust and very intuitive. Um, I've, I've read some reviews that say that it has not been updated, uh, since like when it first came out in 2012, but they, their actual store page says that it's been confirmed to run on Ubuntu 14.04. So, you know, that means they have to have at least you know, it's not like it's, it's not like it's totally abandonware or anything. Check out the video. I mean, yeah, it, it is expensive, but it, it looks like it has a number of simple um, tools that, especially like uh, when working with the really, really complex and intricate and very important um, aspects of character uh, of design that go into character modeling. Cause I mean, you know, you can have like a rag doll, you know, just, you know, <laughs> everything made out of rectangles and shit. Um, and that can be fun too. I'm actually working on a game that uses <laughs> a character who's basically just a rag doll like that, but, you know, with no, no details. If you want to make a game that like looks like a real game, like you have to actually get into character modeling one way or the other. And Silo 2 looks like it provides an easier interface into the real detail work of creating good models for your characters. Um, of course, you can do everything that Silo, that you can do in Silo in Blender, but Blender will take, you know, a month and a half to learn, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that's just learning how to do what you would like to maybe do. It's not even, you know, learning the, the real limitations of the medium. Silo, Silo 2, S-I-L-O 2, looks like it provides an easier point of entry maybe for, uh, for character design in 3D. So, uh, if you don't, if you're not going the full 3D route, if you want to make, say, a side-scrolling platformer, then we have two tools uh, actually, uh, we have our next two tools are, will be of infinite help to you. The first is not, um, available on Steam. It is called Stencil. S-T-E-N-C-Y-L, I believe. Stencil, it, you can, uh, Google it. Stencil is a free and open source, um, integrated development environment, uh, with its own non-scripted scripting language. I, uh, it uses, um, Oh shit, I forgot what it's called. It's not called Snap. Uh, oh god, what is it called? It uses, um, it uses visual blocks of, uh, menu driven, um, scratch. 
Scratch. It uses a variant of the Scratch programming language, which is a programming language designed for children, um, which is great. So it's, you know, at least, at, at least we know that, uh, it's not too far ahead of my, uh, learning curve and my, and my, and my abilities. Um, Stencil, one of the cool things about Stencil though, is it also has, first of all, it's free and open source. It, it runs, it, the games that you publish for it will run across all platforms, um, with varying degrees of success. Uh, it, but it makes it, it also has great tutorials, um, and is super simple. And if all you want to do is make a side scrolling platformer, um, or anything that's basically side scrolling and two dimensional, um, Stencil is a super good place to start. And if you follow the first tutorial, which takes, I think, about 45 minutes, by the end of that, you have actually made the first screen of your very own first side scrolling platformer. Which is really cool. It also has an integrated sprite editor. Um, more or less an integrated sprite editor. Uh, it has very straightforward and very specific non, you, you don't need to learn any scripting language to use stencil. Um, but you will need to learn, um, how the, uh, their implementation of the, the scratch framework works. Of course, you can actually get straight to actually, you know, I think you can, um, just the actual scripts themselves, but it does provide an easier interface that, um, you know, especially if you've never done any programming or any, you know, blah, stencil, and, and you've always wanted to make a side scrolling whatever, stencil is a great place to start. Now, stencil doesn't give you all of the art that you might need. So I've been looking for a long time for a sprite editor that runs on Linux. And I'm not talking about, um, a straight up, you know, two, I mean, they're straight up, you know, uh, pixel based editors that are, are free and open source and, you know, been available for Linux for 16 fucking years. As long as I've been using Linux, I don't want to start from ground zero. I, I want a fucking sprite editor, you know, something that's robust enough for me to be able to import, you know, whatever type of graphic I want and then maybe combine them, maybe add skeletons so that I can use them for keyframes, maybe even have integrated animation features. Hmm. Well, that dream has finally come to reality. This is, um, Spriter Pro, S-P-R-I-T-E-R, uh, P-R-O, which is an integrated development environment uh, focusing exclusively on creating, not actually creating the sprites, but animating and combining sprites into complex, um, 2D animations, uh, using the complete panoply of modern day tools, um, but in a simpler, more intuitive, very easy to learn, very efficacious, um, and, and robust. Um, integrated development environment for animating, uh, two-dimensional sprites. Spriter Pro, which is available on Steam, I got it for 50 bucks, and I don't think it was on sale. Um, let me look at the store page, let me make sure. This is S-P-R-I-T-E-R-P-R-O. Um. Producing Spriter, the ultimate 2D game. Yeah, it's 60 bucks. If you've ever done two-dimensional sprite animation before, I mean, it doesn't come with any 
you know, you have to still make the sprites and, you know, and like, you know, GIMP or whatever. Um, but if you've never, if you've ever done any 2D animation of sprites before, you know what a fucking pain in the ass it is to have to do it out of your own fucking strips, you know, with your own fucking blah, blah, blah in, you know, something like GIMP or Photoshop. You know the pain. Sprider makes that so much easier and, you know, lets you focus on your creativity. I say it's totally worth the 60 bucks. Um, blah. If you've never done any of this, then that leads us to our other tool that I recommend. Get very good at GIMP. If you want to make a 2D side-scrolling, you know, a two-dimensional game of any, any kind, start by learning GIMP because that's where you're going to design your actual sprites. Um, your characters and also, you know, the tiles of your, of your, of your game. Uh, short of getting really awesome at that, uh, you can also find free and open source, just Google for, um, uh, uh, sprite packs. Look, just Google for sprite packs. There are actually, there's a whole community of, um, of, uh, artists and game artists who work in the two D, two dimensional realm and who have made their resources and, uh, visual assets, um, completely available for reuse in other projects. Some of them with varying degrees of licenses, but th- there's a wealth of two dimensional shit that you can get that is completely free and open source. Just use it, um, modify it, whatever. And then even if you want to put out a commercial game with it, blah, make sure to check the licenses and, uh, and just a, a Google search will help you there. So, okay, so that that's uh, GIMP and Spryder Pro. And uh, finally, that leads us to our last two. We, we only have a couple minutes here. I, I've saved the best for last. Last week, I found out that the Unity game engine has finally been quietly ported to run natively in Ubuntu and Debian-based Linux. It's still in beta, but they have quietly put out a real, native, fully functional port of it. Mine keeps crashing when I try to import um, assets from their asset store, which is integrated. But this is like the holy fucking grail for game design, 3D game design. It's, you know, what powers a lot of the games that you play on Steam, runs cross-platform, blah, 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 and has been a constant source of shame, irritation, and rage for me, because even though it has been basically one of the key driving forces behind all of these games that, now that, you know, Steam is is Linux-based and is really throwing its money behind Linux, the Unity game engine has been one of the key aspects that have ina- that, that has allowed and enabled game developers to work uh to, to, to actually publish games that work on Linux as well as whatever, um, platform, you know, Mac or PC that they originally had, had designed it for. Unity makes that a lot simpler than it would be otherwise. In fact, otherwise you would have to actually make your own port from scratch. Uh, so you'd have to basically reprogram, you know, the game that you just finished programming for Windows. So the variety and amount of software that's available for Linux via Steam over the last, you know, 12 months, a huge portion of that is owed to the fact that the Unity um, game development environment and engine, uh, you know, blah, is there. Now, it sucked, though, because the actual Unity editor 
the actual integrated development environment um, was not available for Linux. And very quietly, and they evidently, they've been very quietly uh, working on a port of it since the very beginning. And very quietly, I think it was in August of uh, this last year, they made it available. You have to Google for it. Um, and it's only linked to in uh, one of the um, Unity uh, editors, uh, developers' blogs. Um, but it is a Debian package. It straight up installs. It is lit. I mean, you have to create an account with everything. Uh, you can go professional or personal. Um, and it, it you know, blah. And like I said, it's not entirely bug free, but it works. And that's amazing. Uh, because it's, it's, you know, Unity, um, personal or whatever, which still allows you to publish and create your own games, um, is, Basically, the easiest, most well documented, most robust, and most widely supported, um, actual, you know, professional, it's pretty professional, it's, I would say it's a professional level tool, um, for, for game production and design. Um, and now it runs on Linux. So, there we go. Um, just to recap our, oh, well, okay, uh, oh man, we're out of time, but we had the Leadworks game engine, L-E-A-D-W-E-R-K-S, the game engine, which is 20 bucks. And I'll be sure to, you know, include, you know, the complete list of tools and whatever, um, on, uh, uh, this, the, uh, <laughs> use your words, Seth. um, on, on the, uh, web, you know, go to be- www.bestlinuxgames.com. We now actually have, um, separate episode pages and, you know, blah, you can browse all of our episode catalog there. I'll make sure to put it in the notes for this episode, you know, all of our tools, but, uh, surprise, surprise, we have completely finished the episode, which is awesome because our only deal this week was the Leadworks, uh, game engine. And that is, you know, it's the game engine edition of the Leadworks game engine, which right now through, um, I think January 25th, uh, let me make sure, uh, store page, hang on. Yeah, shut up machine. Um, the Leadworks game engine is 80% off now through January 25th, down from a hundred bucks to $19 and 99 cents. Um, I should also mention before I just totally ring off, uh, that you can download a demo of the Leadworks game engine directly from the Leadworks website. At least you used to be able to. I don't know if you still can because I, uh, I, uh, I just got, I just got it through Steam. Um, and I don't know how, uh, the actual company behind Leadworks is now integrating. They might have shifted their focus away from making that demo available but it runs on linux um the demo did if you can find it on their actual you know uh website and you want to give it a shot without but i mean that's a significant savings um and it's a great place to start if you've always wanted to get into game design so that'll do us for for this week i will see you next week hopefully with our our rogue our our ultimate rogue death match um we will find out who the kings of the rogue games are dungeon delvers especially next week and uh now i'm off to the shower and back to the adult video entertainment exposition at the hard rock oh man it's it's amazing uh if you ever get the opportunity uh to just i mean you don't even have to go you don't even have to get 
I mean, I have a press pass, but you don't even have to go to the actual thing. Just go to the Hard Rock during the uh, week that they have the exposition that lead up to the awards. I mean, there are just, it's just, it's, it's a circus. It is, <laughs> it's a circus. I've covered three E3s for numerous major, um, numerous major publications. Uh, and, you know, every year that I covered uh, E3, was just a fucking nightmare, you know. You, you work eighteen hours a day, um, <laughs> nonstop for every day of the of the. And so, um, AV covering AVN. This is my first AVN. Has been very similar to the E3 experience, only instead of video games, it's porn stars. Oh god, it's just been nuts. Um, okay, so cheers. I will see you next week. Uh, thanks for listening. Bright your colors, you brazen wench. No need to expose your superstructure. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.